Welcome to Small Biz Brainiac, providing employer intelligence that helps you navigate the regulatory landscape and keep you on course running the business you love. Here's your host, Thomas Rock Lindsay. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 49 Creating a Paid Time Off Policy, Part 1. My name is Thomas Rock Lindsay, and I'm your small business buddy, instructor, and servant. And I'm here to help you thrive in your role as an employer. This is where small business owners gain employer intelligence in around seven minutes every Tuesday and Thursday. In episode 46, we talked about mandatory paid sick leave laws and ordinances. And in 47, we learned about work martyr syndrome, the cause of it, and why you should cure yourself of it. And in today's episode, we'll learn what goes into creating a paid time off policy. What are the components? What decisions do you need to make? And what's normal or average? Let's rock this. You might already have a paid time off policy. Maybe it's been in place for a long time now and needs updating. Maybe it isn't documented or even clearly defined. Whatever your situation, it's a good time to review it. And if you don't already have a policy, then it's high time you created one. Well, the first step to creating your PTO policy is to ask yourself a few questions. What's your philosophy? What is your company's culture surrounding paid time off? Do you believe that it's good for employees to have time off to attend to personal matters and take regular vacations to avoid burnout and to recharge? Do you believe your employees' well-being and stress are improved as a result of taking time off? Or do you have limited resources and a lack of cross-trained employees so you can't really afford to have positions go on staff for more than a day or two? Is taking time off a priority for your company, or are you offering only a few days of paid time off each year? Is it easy for your employees to take time off, or do you discourage them from asking and even sometimes refuse their requested days off? What attitude are you communicating to your employees by your words and actions? Do you glorify employees who sacrifice their personal time to work and make comments that contribute to your employees' anxiety about taking time off? Are you and your managers taking time off? Well, you have to establish your corporate identity in this area, and that's what those questions are designed to do. The tone you set through your words and your actions should be aligned with your policy. The worst thing you can do is send mixed messages. You don't want to offer a generous PTO policy and then discourage employees from taking time off or reward and praise employees who don't use it, pretending like they're indispensable. The second step is to make sure that you have a compliant policy in place if you have employees in one of the 34 jurisdictions that have a mandatory paid sick leave law, which we learned about in episode 46. Other than these, there are no federal or state laws or city ordinances requiring you to provide your employees with paid time off. From here, you can decide how much more paid time off you're willing to allow your employees to take. Now, according to a World at Work research paper published in September 2014, the average total number of paid-off days ranges from 16 to 19 for first-year employees all the way up to 29 to 34 for those with 20-plus years of service. And these numbers don't include paid holidays. By the way, all the figures I'm mentioning in this episode come from the World at Work research paper, which, by the way, Only 5% of the employers who responded to their survey had less than 100 employees, 
So this data is based on information from employers with between 100 and 5,000 employees. But you have to compete with these employers for the best workers, so knowing their policies is a good thing. The third step is to decide what types of PTO you're going to offer. There are multiple types of both paid and unpaid leave. There's sick, personal, maternity, which is sometimes called parental. There's holiday, vacation, bereavement, jury duty, military, and family medical leave. Some large employers even have paid and unpaid sabbatical leave, winter leave, or just personal leave of absence. Now, if you want to combine the vacation, sick, and personal time into one policy, you should only do it if you're not subject to a mandatory sick leave law. Otherwise, it's best to keep them separate. Now, over the past 15 years, a lot of companies have gone to a single PTO policy. But that trend is slowing, according to World at Work, and I believe it's due to the growing number of mandatory paid sick leave laws. If you do combine these three types into one policy, then I recommend you also create a policy that doesn't allow employees to come to work when they're sick and contagious. This way, they won't save the days off for vacation, and they'll be using them as they were intended. Let's look at the average number of days the World at Work surveyed employers allocate for vacation, sick, and personal time when they have a separate policy for each type. The vacation average is from 9 to 22, and again, that's for employees with years of service from 1 to 20. For sick time, the days range from 7 to 9, and for personal time, the average across the board is 3. Now, the number of paid holidays is usually 8 or 9 days, and most employers offer 3 days of bereavement time when one of their employees' immediate family members dies. So after one year on the job, employees are generally receiving 24 to 25 days of paid time off, while those with 20 or more years receive 40. And I'm not counting the three additional bereavement days. Costco, for example, has eight paid holidays, five paid vacation days, nine paid sick days, and three paid bereavement days after one year of employment. And after 15 years, employees get 25 paid vacation days, plus the same holiday, sick, and bereavement days. So, not including the bereavement days, that's 25 paid days off after one year and 45 after 15. Their vacation times increase after two years, five years, 10 years, and then 15 years. I recently met an IT manager from Facebook at the Freedom Fest conference last week, and he confirmed that every employee at Facebook gets 21 days of vacation time immediately upon hire, plus 11 paid holidays and unlimited paid sick days. He also said that Facebook managers are reminded of which employees need to use their vacation time and that the company actively encourages employees to use their time off. As for extended leave or sabbaticals, only 14% of surveyed companies offer this kind of leave, and of those companies, 50% pay some or all of the time, while the other 50% don't pay any. As a small employer, I wouldn't worry about having this type of leave since it's still relatively scarce among larger employers to begin with. Well, we're out of time for this episode, so we'll continue talking about jury duty, military leave, family medical leave, and the next steps in the PTO policy creation process in episode 50. Well, there you have it. For this episode, let's recap. 
The first step to creating a paid time off policy is to establish your philosophy. What is your belief system? What are your values? Basically, what's your personal viewpoint? The second step is to make sure that you have a policy in place that complies with all the mandatory paid sick leave laws and ordinances where you have employees. And the third step is to decide which types of unpaid and paid time off you want to offer. Knowing what the big boys are offering will help you decide what you can offer and hopefully you'll be able to use your PTO policy to compete for some of the same talent. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Small Biz Brainiac. To get your questions answered by Thomas directly, visit smallbizbrainiac.com. And for more employer intelligence, be sure to join us again here on Small Biz Brainiac.